Hello and welcome to the Glasgow Motorway Archive podcast. It's podcast number five, and as usual, I'm joined by Stuart Baird. Hello. Hello. And we are going to be covering as our main subject today the M74. Uh, we've also going to go over some people's questions that we've got through. We've, we've talked about some of the new material that we've received in the archive, like the slides. Uh, and, you know, actually uh, an event that we went to recently in Glasgow, which is quite interesting. So it's been a while since we've done one. Yep, yep. Did but, you have a lovely summer? Uh, yeah, I did. Thanks. I, I, hope our, <laughs> I hope our many listeners had a, had a good summer as well. Yeah, I don't know if that question was directed at me there. But yes, I did have a lovely summer. Good. Uh, well, as, as much as I could. And it has been a while, but we, we have been very busy. Uh, with these things, and uh, but we're, we're back. So we are we here? We've got nothing else to do. When it starts <laughs> to get dark early. It is. Yeah. The, the nights are fairly drawing in, as you, you always hear. So I just want to go straight into this, Stuart. Okay. We spoke about the M77 last time, and I thought that was really good. So talk about the M74. Yes. Um, and how that came to be, because it is in lots of different sections. There are urban parts, there are rural parts, and as quite recently, there are parts that have been recently upgraded as well. So I think everybody at some point in line has been affected by the M74. Oh, definitely. For some would say it is more important than the M8. <gasps> you heard it here first. Because it is our primary connection with the rest of the UK. Yeah. And 75% of all... Um, traffic travelling from Scotland to England uses the M74 and the M6. Uh, So it's very important um, in that regard. It is unusual in the sense that an upgrade of the M74 to dual carriageway happened, or sorry, the A74 Mm -hmm. um, to to dual carriageway happened only as recently as the 60s, the 1960s. And the, the, the northern section, the Hamilton Bypass, was obviously motorway from the outset. That was the first real yep, M74. Yep. But then political changes and demands from the, uh, the road users and others mm-hmm. uh, saw a very rapid uh, change of heart, yeah. uh, basically to upgrade the rest of the route to, to motorway the standard. High quality, and by yeah. 1999, mm-hmm. it was motorway from the border all the way to Glasgow. Yes. Uh, with the exception of the M74 Almost extension, yes. to Glasgow. Almost. And the most recent bit to open was, of course, what was called, you know, the M74 extent or M74 completion. Yes. Which ran all the way up to the Kingston Bridge because Indeed. Uh, Indeed. in 1994 it was stopped. Yeah. You know, so shall Britain. shall I give you a brief overview of the route and how it developed and how we ended up where we are today? Would yes, please. Like yes, please, idea? Stuart. Saves me talking. So. Okay. <laughs> right. So the A74 as a route, mm-hmm. as we know it today, as a as a good road. Um, has existed since the days of Telford. It was one of Telford's big civil engineering projects, the A74 from Glasgow to Carlisle, through Hamilton and 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 uh, Walker Bay and yeah. Bovo and Larkhall and Abington and Crawford and towns like this along you the way. You can still follow that route you to can. this day, yep. and Telford's still original exists. structures are there. Yeah. So as traffic grew, there was an increasing need for a better road, a better mm-hmm. route. And that led to the widening of that road yeah. uh, to dual carriageway and the building of some bypasses as well. Now, the West Mahago bypass was the first section built to dual carriageway standards and it opened in the 30s. Mm-hmm. Right? There was then a quiet spell and it was then into the 60s before any major improvements then came. And it was really by about the mid-60s, mid to late 60s that the entire route from Glasgow mm-hmm. to Carlisle was 
of dual carriageway standard or yeah. had a minimum of two lanes in each direction. Yeah. Now that's not to say that all the junctions were grade separated or you know there was a number of uh, local accesses, grade, yeah, local and accesses things along and, the way. And in yeah. Glasgow there were roundabouts and, and, and things like that. Yeah. The the northern section, what we know as the Hamilton Bypass, which for our listeners today can be found between Junction Four and Junction Nine, more mm-hmm. or less. Um, that was always intended to be built as motorway. Uh, a mm-hmm. traffic study had been carried out in the late 50s and 60s, and they said, you know, the traffic flows are going to be really high. Why not just build that as M74? Yes. So that was always going to be motorway. Everything south of that was always going to be at grade or, mm-hmm. you know, standard all-purpose dual carriageway. Yeah. Right? So 1963 comes along. We start building the M74 um, at Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Stage 1 opens in 1966. Stage 2, part 1 opens in May 68 and part 2 August 68 so we then have that good stretch of motorway all the way to Maryville within a couple of years of that and around about the time that they decided that the M73 would be constructed and and whatever else obviously part of the same scheme they decided that the M74 would be extended southwards Mm -hmm. to go as far as Mill Bank Mm -hmm. and that's what we know as Junction 12 or the A70 yeah um, the reasons for that are not entirely clear mm-hmm. because at that stage we had a Blackwood bypass that yep. was good, good quality, mm-hmm. and we had a West Mahigo bypass that was reasonable, yes. but it did have some local accesses. Mm-hmm. I can understand the reasoning for them wanting to bypass West Mahigo again for safety yeah. reasons, and there was, there was there were homes that had frontage with a dual carriageway. I think the, the, the just, just to interject a little bit, the original dual carriageway that went down these earlier dual carriageways was probably quite simply slap another carriageway next to more the existing less. one in some areas. More or less. There were one or two bypasses like Abington, yeah. Lockerbie. But yeah, it on was the whole... an online kind yeah. of widening yeah. where yeah. the motorway was this new modern alignment yes. um, that, would, that would go away yeah. from that. Yeah. Now, over the years, and you know, there were other developments on the M74, sorry, the A74 as well, in that they would add hard strips. So mm-hmm. they would add an extra metre to the side of the dual carriageway to make it a bit safer yeah. they would close some of the central crossover points and things like that so there mm-hmm. were general safety improvements because traffic was increasing you know 7-8% a year through parts of the 60s and 70s yeah massive increases yeah. yep uh, heavy goods vehicles mm-hmm. uh, as stuff came off the railway and, and was onto the road you know so busy and busy and busy and busy so eventually Strathclyde Region uh, working with the Scottish office extended the M74 southwards to Junction 12 that opened eventually uh, in 1987, mm-hmm. 1986, and about 87. There was two sections there. Opened that. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the part we actually spoke about quite recently in social media with the concrete carriageway yes, sections down yes, there, uh, which many of you had asked, you know, great questions and shared some of your anecdotes and stories. Yes, at the time. And, and we have a video. Yes. from the construction of that stage of the motorway um, and actually moment. shows the opening ceremony and various things at the bunting end of- and everything yeah that's something we probably have to share at some point as well yeah um, because that's obviously uh, that would be of interest to many people I would think yeah um, so that was a uh, that's obviously an important stage of it mm-hmm. at some point through the the late 80s and mid so the mid 80s um more and more people were calling for the entire route to be upgraded to motorway. Yeah. Now, there were some safety issues. There was a high accident rate on sections of it. Mm-hmm. Some of it was susceptible to weather, mm-hmm. Betuk Summit and the like. And eventually, in 1987, the government of the day, um, the, the Thatcher government, committed in the 1987 election manifesto to upgrade the entire route to motorway standard. Mm-hmm. 
within a couple of years they had decided to make it a priority and the schemes were taken forward under a new model mm-hmm. which saw a number of works carried out at the same time at risk to central government. Mm-hmm. So while procurement um, of, of land and things like that was uh, was in, underway, um, the detailed design was being carried out, contracts were being prepared, works that things that are usually done separately were all being done at the same time. Yeah. Uh, that allowed contracts to be let very quickly and between about 1991 and eventually 1999 we had almost 60 miles worth of motorway completed in that time yeah you know really high standard I mean a lot of this stuff was kind of dual three lane yeah you know uh, because they were building through open land um, and a lot of it was new offline yeah where they were actually doing online upgrades, it made sense to add a third lane because it allowed them to push traffic over and whatnot. So there was a, there were very various reasons why it made sense yeah, to add, add a third things, lane. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to come in with a couple of things. I'm going to do preemptive questions yep. that a layman would answer. Yeah, would, yeah, yeah. Sorry, would ask you yeah. right now mm-hmm. about this particular rural part of the M74. Yeah. Uh, one of the things is that the um, we spoke about the M77 and how there was a, kind of a, a local opposition against it. Was there any opposition against the M74? No. Not the southern extensions. No? No. If not anything, the, people were broadly supportive of it. Yeah. Um, there was consideration to the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, farmers made money from the sale of land. They were provided with good accommodation, bridges and access to yeah. any land that was split in the middle. Um, it was all tied up very quickly. There were few public inquiries or, or statutory objections, mm-hmm. and it all progressed very quickly. And it's probably the most impressive section of road ever built in the UK in terms of motorway because yeah. of how quickly it all happened. You yeah. know, from that, from adopting it as policy to do it until the completion of the final bit, it's only twelve years. Yeah. In a UK context, that's, that's very, very quick. Yeah, I mean, if yeah. you look at the case of like the A9 and ah. things like that, it's taking ages, you know, for these things to go through. Um, another question I'm going to put to you is: anyone who is familiar with the road atlas or is looking at signs, notice that this route actually has two numbers. Oh. One, it comes up as the M74, which you spoke about, mainly these northern sections. Yes. And other parts are the A74M. Mm-hmm. Why is mm-hmm. that? The the, the simple the simple answer to this is that as the sections of the E74 to the south were upgraded and because they were done in bits mm-hmm. they were given the E74M number just like the E1M yeah. there's bits of motorway bits of E bits of motorway bits of E it made sense to because it having, was a piecemeal upgrade yeah, yeah. rather than having have tons of distinct sections of M74 mm-hmm. um, let's just have E74M all the way and that covered the non-motorway bits yeah right now as a lot of people will know, and some may not, the original intention was that the M6 number would be adopted as far north as what we know as Junction 14 mm-hmm. on completion of the entire upgrade. Yeah. So in 1999, the original intention was the M6 would continue all the all way the from way up. Carlisle up to uh, Junction 14, and then M74 would continue from there to Glasgow. Yeah. Um, and if you look at some of the more recent sections completed, there are plates covering. That's M6 right. I, mean, I, I believe actually some of the plates are missing in locations, right. Stuart. I mean, you if you go to some services and you'll see M6 South. Yes. And you think, am I in England? Because the M6 yep. to me is a very English thing. 
like yeah. That. But it is that that kind of uh, motorway spine that goes up the country of yeah. importance. You know, I can see why they want the M6. And, and there are roads in Scotland with a six number. Absolutely, we got the A68. And yeah. The, you know, you know some, some yeah. So we do have some roads in Scotland with a six number. Mm. So there was no reason why the six couldn't continue up, and that would have been the boundary potential yeah. between the six and the seven. Yeah. Uh, there's a, some some people may or may not be aware from this of how the road numbering system works in Britain. Is it's kind of they radiate out from London. Yeah. So you get like in Scotland in Glasgow, you'll find that most roads start with an eight mm-hmm. or a seven yep you know uh, and because you go up north things are nines uh, and further south it's six so radiating out of London it starts with one and two for Kent and so on so if you ever wondered that that's why yep so. so we should have had M6 all the way to Abington and then M74 yeah. north the intention was that the fast link route mm-hmm. that the Scottish office had proposed from 14 uh, Junction yeah. 14 over to Whitburn in the M8 Junction 4 there was some speculation that if that had been built as motorway, it would have been M7. Yes, because we've got every other M, don't yeah. we, yep. from 1 to 10 yep. in this country, but we haven't got an M7, have yep. we? That obviously died, uh, yeah. changes in government and whatnot uh, killed S- that. Speaking of, speaking of Link, there is also in the M74, the, the, I mean, Edinburgh is actually directly signposted up going up the 702, isn't yep. it? You go, go off that way, which kind of serves that purpose, albeit slow. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And it would have, I think it would have helped. It would certainly have taken pressure off of roads like the A725 and the M73 and things yeah. like that. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's some history there. So, mm-hmm. bringing us back to, to how things then progressed. Mm-hmm. At the other end, at the northern end, mm-hmm. as early as 1968, the intention was that the M74 would be extended from Maryville mm-hmm. to the Glasgow boundary. Now, at that time, the boundary was at Mount Vernon. Right. Yeah, now the well, original intention was the terminus was going to be around about the Mount Vernon area. When the highway plan for Glasgow was completed and they needed a connection to their Hamilton motorway, mm-hmm. the terminus of the M74 was adjusted in, the, in their design so that it could allow for the future extension. Yeah. Within a couple of years, the Scottish Office had published documentation explaining and showing how they would continue the motorway to Fullerton Road initially, and then eventually to the connection within a ring road, mm-hmm. or as ultimately happened with the M8 further west at Kingston. Yes. Um, what we have now. Yeah. So initially the yeah. Fullerton extension was supposed to happen in the very early 80s. It was programmed in for somewhere between 1980 and 1982. Mm-hmm. The financial crisis of the late 70s, coupled with the public spending cuts of the incoming Thatcher government, led to that being downgraded as a priority mm-hmm. because at that time the traffic, you know, there, there, were, there were no traffic congestion issues in that area. Yeah. It was still seen as something that would be required, perhaps mm-hmm. just not as early as was originally hoped. Mm-hmm. Eventually, that was completed in 1995. January 95, it opened to traffic. Yes. Delayed slightly by the collapse of the initial contractor during the Christmas break. Yes. Uh, Lily Construction uh, mm-hmm. went bust uh, during Christmas 1993, I believe. They, they were the same contractor that built parts of the Springburn Road that's realignment. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Lily. Uh, so parts of the work had to be relet, and then Keir Construction yeah. then actually completed the road. Who are still uh, about. They're still yeah. about. Yeah. Um, now, Strathclyde Regional Council's intention was that the further extension from Fullerton Road to the Kingston Bridge, the line of which had basically been adopted by the mid-80s by them, that yes. it was going to continue on that route rather than to the inner ring So road. this was after the, the highway plan proposals were, were kind of quite dead yep. come the 80s. As were the, the Greater Glasgow Transportation yes, proposals as well. But this this was a new thing. They, you know? they had their structure plan that, that kind of yeah. devised it. Uh, and, and changed it to a line I might add that John Cullen originally argued for 
mm-hmm. in the early design stages for the highway plan. Yeah. He argued that we should have kept the, the southern motorway through Glasgow alongside the West Coast Main Line to reduce severance yeah. and, and these sorts of issues. But Rather Glasgow Corporation having... insisted yeah. on a connection with the ring road. Which yeah. was going to happen at the Glasgow Green. Yes. But that's that's a whole other story. It is, you it know, is. And, and we will we will cover that. So. We will cover that at some point. But the M seventy four Northern Extension Stage Two or the M seventy four completion it as eventually became. Yeah. Which was a very controversial scheme. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it was an urban motorway going through some of the most deprived areas in Glasgow, Govan Hills yes. and places like that, um, um, was proposed and, uh, well, was going to involve several big viaducts and a lot of demolition and property acquisition. Right. I mean, it was unusual in the sense that, that, you know, they built this urban motorway in this... I mean, the, we were thinking of urban motorways, especially with us doing the, the archive, yeah. something very much of the 70s, 60s and 70s, but here we are, 2011... Yeah. When it opens, mm-hmm. and we had this elevated urban motorway going through um, yeah. the, the, this area of Glasgow. Um, now, you, you mentioned these 80s proposals. It was mm. actually meant to be uh, wider in sections oh, and yeah. to include more junctions indeed. Indeed, than indeed. it has. So where would we have had junctions, and how so, would it have been different? So the M74 completion, as envisaged by Strathclyde Regional Council and approved by the Scottish office, mm-hmm. would have had three lanes yeah. between Fulton and Pomody. Yeah. Increasing to four lanes between Pomody and Cuffcart Road. Yeah. And then would have increased to five lanes yeah. between Cuffcart Road and Kingston. Yeah. And would have had direct connections to yes. the Kingston Bridge. Yeah, yeah. So the West Street ramps that went unused for the south flank of the inner ring road mm-hmm. would be partially demolished mm-hmm. and connected to the M74. Making the junction completely fully yes. accessed. We would also have had a full access junction at Cuffcart Road. Yeah. Uh South facing junction at Pomody, mm-hmm. a full access junction at Rutherglen, mm-hmm. and a full access junction at Cambus Lang, where we have one at the moment. Ah, yes. So there would mm-hmm. have been additional junctions. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> several things changed. Strathclyde Region ceased to exist as an entity. Yeah. The successor authorities, Glasgow City Council and South Archer Council, became responsible for promoting the project with yeah. Renfrewshire Council involvement as well yeah. because they had interest for the airport access and the like. Yeah, the kind of regional. The Scottish um, Executive mm-hmm. incoming, 1989, were not entirely behind the project. And yep. initially they pushed it back to the councils to, to fund. Now that was never going to be a realistic concept no. because the cost even then was looking at £225 million. Yeah. Eventually political fighting behind the scenes um, resulted in the Scottish Executive um, taking over the project, the project and saying yeah. that they would take it forward however they were only willing to pay for a dual two lane motorway mm-hmm. with no junctions right so what no, you're saying no, would this just be a, a just kind of an expressway yeah, just to take you straight into the, the oh, city yep from Kingston through to Fullerton yeah. but the council's like well, 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 well that's no that good for access yeah, people won't no. get to our brownfield sites in the south side of Glasgow or, or in Cambus Lang or whatever yeah. we don't want this the mm-hmm. airport don't want this we want a three lane motorway we want junctions yeah. No problem, said the Scottish Executive. <laughs> you pay for the third lane, and you can pay for every junction that you want to see in the route. Mm-hmm. So because that forced the council's hand, mm-hmm. yeah, we got the third lane. Yeah. But we were then vastly reduced on the number of junctions that we had. Yeah. Now, my uh, belief is that Glasgow City Council wanted a connection to the Kingston Bridge, but mm-hmm. that was vetoed by the Scottish Executive mm-hmm. on some vague grounds that it would result to overloading of the Kingston Bridge. Mm-hmm. Now, given the Kingston Bridge was already at capacity at that stage, yeah. it couldn't be overloaded any further than yeah. it already is or was. Well, a lot of the traffic would have been taken off the Kingston Bridge anyway because it would have been using the M74. Exactly. I found it unfounded. Exactly. And, <laughs> and as you can see today on the ground everybody piles off onto West Street at peak times yeah. in the morning at the night and it's resulted in queuing back onto the bridge anyway yeah again 
politicians getting involved, not listening to the engineers or the traffic consultants, yep. doing what they think's best, and it ultimately causes problems down the line. Yep. If you're not going to provide an alternative to using the car, people are going to keep using the car, and of they're going course. to try and use the route in the easiest way possible, and that's what's happened there. Mm-hmm. And it's an unfortunate. And our good friend, our dear friend John Cullen, yeah. argued that the public inquiry for the M74 completion in favour of those connections to the Kingston Bridge. Now that project ended up costing £760 million at yeah. 2011 prices. The additional connection to the Kingston Bridge was only going to be something like an extra £30 million. Yeah, which in the grand scheme of things... Uh, it wasn't that much no. compared to the rest of the project. I mean, no. it would have. I think it would have looked vastly different. Yeah, done. I mean, there would have been big ramps there. Indeed. There. Um, and if people look at our page on the website about the M74 completion, we have copies we have of those plans. plans. Yeah, we do. And really uh, good. and oh, and we recently acquired a slide. Yes. That has a detailed drawing of their proposal in ha- far higher resolution than the one we have at the moment so we'll need to share well ladies and gentlemen you hear it here first because I actually didn't even know that well there you there go, you go. There <laughs> I you didn't go. Know. I'm going to have to see that later yes at some point now um, that's that's really good you know, so right we have that. Uh, let's let's stick with Talking about this northern extension mm-hmm. and about some of the resistance. What yeah. was the uh, what was the the case that was made against the road at the time? I mean, we didn't see any direct action. I no, mean, I, I was staying down here at the time, and there was no. The, the no interesting thing out. about it was, I mean, it dragged on for years. Mm-hmm. From from the Scottish Executive agreeing to do it in two thousand and three, eventually, yeah, I think yeah. it was. It then dragged on through public inquiry and then through the court case which collapsed and eventually mm-hmm. the tender was let in late 2007 mm-hmm. or, or early 2008 and that allowed construction to, to actually It's a joint, joint venture the joint that venture. Morrison's were uh, involved. But yeah, yeah, you're right. There was a lot of uh, opposition to the road and I had half expected it to be as bad as that that the M77 had experienced yeah. with direct action but when construction started it just faded it just dissolved yeah, it just there, was faded no, there was nobody chaining themselves to diggers or doing no. whatever you know but people, trees. people did protest and, and, and rightly or wrongly they were concerned about a motorway coming through their area when there yeah. hadn't been one mm-hmm. conversely you could see that Places like Rutherglen High Street have seen double-digit reductions in traffic figures and yeah. things like that. You oh, know, it's definitely. I mean, I can attest. I, I've worked in Rutherglen. Yeah. I can. I can say that you know, since it came along, mm-hmm. it has made the place so much nicer. In fact, yeah. you can actually cross the road. So it took a lot of traffic away from from these areas. And I suppose the one thing that that the public inquiry predicted, mm. and the public inquiry said that the road shouldn't go ahead. Mm-hmm. The Scottish government overruled it, which they are entitled to do. Yeah, um, very controversial, but they did. <laughs> um, the the public inquiry, the reporter said that there would be congestion on the road mm-hmm. within a few years of opening, and I'm afraid to say anybody who uses it will have seen that there is northbound congestion in the morning peak. Yeah, and occasionally in the well, evening you as do, well. You do get it in the evening. I mean, it goes. It can sometimes yeah. get back beyond no, junction. It's not caused by the M74 itself. It's caused no. by constraints on the M8 and on the M77. And the M77, yeah, which have reasonably easy fixes. Yes, reasonably. I mean they did when they oh, completed yeah. the, that part of the M74. They did make some alterations. I mean, yes. on the M77, they d- it did get that additional lane down to Dunbreck. And, the, yep, right and we also lane, yeah. had the um, segregation between lanes two and three, yep. um, and the lead up to Ibrox. So yes. if you're coming from the M74, yep. you can go off at Junction 23, but yeah, it kept yeah. traffic from Kingston off it. So those all arrived at that time. We also got an additional lane. The hard shoulder was converted mm-hmm. all the way up to Junction uh, 25. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And you know the other without thing, those things, yeah. And again, it comes back to the thing. 
in the initial corridor studies that were carried out, they recommended ramp metering. Pomodie, yeah. The problems with Pomodie and Canvas Lang in the morning were a wee bit of congestion there. Mm-hmm. That is simply caused by vast amounts of traffic joining from the slip road on yeah, what's yeah. an already busy road. If we metered that and only allowed, say, four or five through every 30 seconds or whatever, yeah. those issues would be mitigated and the flow would continue to be better. Yeah. And this is something that our English friends and neighbours and colleagues they have do really grasp. They and, do a know. lot better. I mean, yeah. ramp metering is is something we only see in a couple of locations here in Scotland, mm-hmm. at Junction Sixteen yep. and and uh, the Queensferry Crossing. Yep. They've got the traffic lights there, but mm-hmm. they don't use them. Yeah. Um, so there are there are areas, and it does work. And this the, the problem, I suppose, the one criticism I have with the the M seventy four is if you put a lot of junctions in, you do make the road quite convenient. Yes. And that's kind of part Indeed. of its purpose. Indeed. And this is what the M twenty five suffers with. Yeah. You know, there's too many points for for, for traffic to join. Yeah. Um, but we're better off with it, are we not? I think if you ask anybody who lives in the south side through Campus Lang yeah, or Govan mean, Govan Hill, they would probably still see benefits from the, the yeah, yeah, I I do. I, I personally, I mean, because I use it, you know, yeah. I find it a lot easier than all that traffic going through the M8. And living in Warwickshire personally, and travelling to places like Brayhead and Glasgow Airport and, yeah. and that kind of thing, not having to go via the city centre does make a big difference. And it's just yeah. like John Collin and these guys. They knew this was going to be an issue. Yeah. They always knew we needed another motorway around the south of the city because there were just so many movements to accommodate. Absolutely. And yeah. you know, and if you're going to have the traffic that we have, and it's here, there's no point <laughs> denying it's here. You know, people will know oh, there's so much traffic, so much. We traffic. should all be on our bikes. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have, this traffic problem is here, and as yeah. I argue continuously, until we have viable alternatives, good quality viable alternatives in public transport. Yeah. And I mean proper public transport. And affordable. Affordable public yeah. transport. People are going to use their car. So yeah. we have to deal with these issues. They're here. We can't just let it congest up and say, oh, well, there are people <laughs> using their car. You know. Yeah, yeah. Everybody I, I has know, a role I, look, to I know, play. I, you know. I, know, I know what you mean. And, the, you and mean, it's for this but... reason as well. The development of, see, the, the commuter belt, so mm-hmm. Motherwell, Hamilton, East Kilbride, that yeah. led to overloading of the Hamilton bypass section. And as people yes. will be aware, we now have a four-lane section of M74 yeah. as well between Maryville that and That has Six. helped at Hamilton. enormously. Yeah. I mean, you can see swathes through there now where we don't really get traffic congestion None at there. all. It has had a bit of an opening of the floodgates yep. effect because now more and more traffic you know, yep. can get into Glasgow. But, but it, wow. the, the Hamilton bypass stretch from Maryville back to Junction 5 and from Junction 5 to back to 6 that suffered peak time congestion for a few years and that was worsening as a result of the M74 and it was traffic modelling done as part of the completion of that and the completion of the M8 that found well hang on you're going to create bottlenecks here you're going to have to Mm. widen bits of that as well so that's been successfully undertaken and I think that's made a big Mm. difference as well you know there might might be more traffic using these motorways but there's less traffic using the local roads which is something you can see as a kind of a net gain from the whole thing so yeah the last thing I'm going to see in the M74, okay, and a lot of people ask this question, mm-hmm. what about that bloody two-lane section between Junction 6 <laughs> and Junction 12? Yeah, the old bit. Now, that was done at a time when traffic flows were much lower, when it was designed in the 80s. Strathclyde Region were paying towards that, so it was always it was always going to be of a slightly lesser standard. Yeah. Scottish office, by 1995... Their policy was that they were going to progressively widen the section between 6 and 12 to 3 lanes as it was required. Mm -hmm. So as traffic grew. I would say now, right now, you could easily justify a widening between Junction 6 and Junction 8. Mm -hmm. Northbound suffers peak time congestion occasionally in the morning. Yeah. And southbound occasionally um, in the evening between Mm -hmm. 6 and 7 and occasionally between 7 and 8 depending on what's using it. A lot of heavy goods vehicles, an uphill stretch slows everything down of course. can cause some problems and it would be quite easy to tack an extra lane on there whether you really need that third lane between junction 8 and 12 mm-hmm. well 
there's times when it does get busy but the congestion's not so much an issue it would be good and we would love it because we yeah. we like these things it'd be good to have the consistency of those through. iconic bridges the cantilevered structures oh, the, that the we, accommodation we farm bridges yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know there, there, is, there is that's what I like about those sections of the M74 south of Junction 6 is that you, there is a, they're, they're all they're preserved in yeah, some ways yeah the original but features but I know yeah. what you're saying yeah. it does need a third lane through there that. are stretches that could need a third lane now and Absolutely. I think that that may be uh, if, if any further work is carried out on the M74 mm. I would imagine it will probably be in those areas yeah, I'd probably I'd prefer so. to see the extra lanes added on the M8 so. in the rural sections between yes, that that's another story that's another that's one another story. it's um it's been really good to talk about the M74 because to me, I mean, aside from the M8, it's all right. It's the, the, the most other important it's, motorway. It's you my know. motorway. It's your motorway, I, Stuart. I, you grew up yeah. on the shores of the M74. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. And, and it will always be my, my, my motorway. It's a special place in your heart. But I don't think it'll be the last time we speak about it. No. Um, now, we do have some M74 questions. Do. So do we deal with these now then and then we'll talk yeah, about some more I, things? I'm actually going to launch into the... I'm going to launch into the questions right. now. Okay. Get them out of the way, yeah, yeah. Um, because these ones, and uh, I'll start off with the M74 ones. Okay, so what we do is we um, we, we we have one about the northern section, which right. is uh, one that Stephen at Celtic, Stephen, right? Okay, he's he's asked us. I wonder what football team he supports. It could be Celtic, Stephen. I don't think there's a Celtic football club. It's got to be. <laughs> nah, I don't know. I no. don't, it's got to be. Well, it's not true. Well, it's not true. No, absolutely. So but anyway, St- Stephen, Stephen, with a with a wonderful picture of the fourth bridge in the background on his photo here on Twitter, asks. Also, do you think they should have a slip between the West Street Road to Nowhere and the M74 on ramp? It well, would take the pressure off of the West Street and Wall Street. So we did cover this. We've answered that already. Yes yeah. is the answer. And yes, it should have been built, but now it probably can't be because it would be too bloody expensive. Yeah, and disruptive to put oh, some yes. No, yeah. I totally agree. So yeah, Stephen, I hope we've answered that one sufficiently for you. Actually, can we just quickly talk about John Cullen? Yes. Yeah, because John Cullen did come up with a little proposal that he, he sketched out and he showed us and he actually sent this to Transport Scotland as a proposal to... He did. To rectify us. He did indeed. John so Stephen, proposed. John was on it. Yep. John <laughs> proposed a lane coming mm-hmm. off the northbound offslip at Kingston from the M74. Yes. Going into a dedicated lane. Yeah. That followed the existing route, but was segregated from the existing road. Yes. So it was basically a free flow link. Mm-hmm. Continued all the way around the loop. So it was a loop. Yep. But rather than right round to where the petrol station used to be. Yeah. He had it cutting up one of the now abandoned um, side streets, yeah, and then joining the on ramp to wet from West Street as a small as a small loop, yeah, like a fast linking loop. We reckoned it would maybe have cost five million pounds, something like that, at the most, the absolute most to do, and that would have then taken traffic. You know, it it would have taken you away from all the traffic lights, basically. And he had he had a similar one for the traffic coming off as well. Um, you know, just uh, segregating a lane for the the onslips from from surrounding traffic, and and John did send his proposals to Transport Scotland, um, who, who duly filed them. Who filed them under ignore? <laughs> I don't know about that. Somebody could be right now working away on that. Oh no no no, going, no, no 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 no! <laughs> they would have to bring in an engineering consultant who would charge them fifty million to come up with that proposal. <laughs> we'll go into William's question this, uh, William Wilson from Facebook um, 
says something here. He said, uh, would be good to see pictures of the M74 in the Les Mahago area. Even better would be pictures of the A70 before, before we, the new came. We've shared came photos through. of the M74 at Les Mahago. We, we, we have, have hundreds of them. I, I'm just going to go on the second part of his sentence is the old A74. Ah. We get asked about oh, yes. this all the time. Yeah. Old A74, and we would love to... We, would, we ourselves would love to, but these things yeah. seem to be lost and gone. So I want to use this as an appeal... If you have any old photos or any old stories or any material or publication about the old A74 yeah. dual carriageway, yeah. please there, get there, in touch. there will be Scottish office photographs that were taken of the upgrade of the A74 to dual carriageway. Now, I have yeah. seen a couple of examples we, over the years. What we don't know is who holds that. Yeah, we, we don't have them. That's the thing. We've seen the, them in the passing. The Lanarkshire you know? Archive doesn't have them. The yeah. Glasgow Archive certainly doesn't have them. The, 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 it was, was pre-Strathclyde region so they weren't held by them the Lanark County records which are split between the Mitchell Library and Hamilton they don't really have them either mm-hmm. it could be that they're somewhere at Scottish Government level I buried away th- mm. Historic Environment Scotland may have them with the Nearvast archive and they just haven't been indexed yet that's something we had Probably. discussed with them yeah, recently. Absolutely. You never know what we'll find. We've had some lovely surprises Maybe recently. someday they'll come up. But at the same time, there must have been people who were travelling, going on holidays and trips and things up the A74 who were taking photographs. Yeah. Somebody must have photographed, personal right. photographs. Or they could have been an engineer at the time, absolutely. maybe getting on a bit This now, is an appeal. If you have photographs of the old <laughs> A74, any of it, please scan them, please share them. People would like to see them. Yeah. Not just us, loads of people. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'll move on to some other questions okay. now um, that, that just go through. So somebody mentions here about the the long straight on the M8 between Brayhead and Arkelston. So uh-huh. um, was often referred to by my dad as the measured mile. I see that there are markers for a half mile mark. So what really was that for, or what, what really were they for? Now he is, of course, talking between twenty-seven and twenty-six, which was the old runway of the Renfrew Airport. Yes. As to whether it's an exact mile or a measured mile, I have no idea. I mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if it maybe was, and that's maybe a local phrase that was used for it. It's certainly no one I've ever come across in my research. No, I mean, what's interesting is he's saying there are markers at the half mile mark, mm. and I wonder what he's referring to. Yeah, I've, because that could just be marker posts. Because you get be. the marker posts, yeah, and yeah. these are the yellow, so not yellow. Red and blue, yep. white posts that you get, which are actually kind of chainage markers yeah. for every a hundred meters. Yeah, uh, and they have they have, they have designations for them, and then the same on the other side of the road. They show you where the the nearest phone is. Mm-hmm. We don't use the mile mark posts like they do in England. No, no, we don't. Um, which you you might see. So um, it's an interesting one. If, if maybe uh, I'm going home that way, Stuart. Yeah. I am going to have a look for something. I don't know. And if our, if our friend could possibly maybe just clarify. Mm. Um, exactly what the markers look like and where they are. We could have a look and maybe we could answer that a bit more, uh, a bit yeah. more uh, uh, correctly or whatever. So but yeah, I mean, it's it's something I'm going to look into. To be honest with you, yeah. I and mean, they do ask later on. Uh, I mean, this this question. Sorry, I didn't even mention the person's name. I looked at here. It's somebody at Twitter, um, uh, Mabor Saraki. That's <laughs> terrible. At not Megadane. Yeah, you you know who you are. Yes. Um, uh, so no, you I think that question. name may not be entirely serious. Does it mean something? And I'm not realised. Let's it. hope it's not offensive, John. Let's if it is, we apologise. <laughs> yes, that's our job. Sorry. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Right. Anyway, um, I've just seen Stephen's name again here. So Stephen's got another question. Is this Celtic uh, Stephen again? Celtic Stephen. Celtic Stephen. Celtic sorry. underscore Stephen uh, asks um, an old one. 
Do you think they should remove the dividers on the eastbound section of the Kingston Bridge? No. You, would have, you think traffic's bad now? Take those away and your traffic would be queued back to Erskine yeah. Bridge every morning. No, they are there to stay. They are no permanent features. The weaving that would result as a result of traffic coming from the M74 mm-hmm. that at the moment can only go to the Clydeside Expressway, they would suddenly think, hang on, I can get into the city centre quite easily here going via... Bovell Street or yeah, or can they can't go via Bovell Street just now? Can they not? Well, so what you're saying is there's people coming up and joining oh, the right. ramp. They would suddenly yeah. start to get to Great Western mm. Road and places like that. It would just cause absolute chaos. If yeah. anything, we need more dividers because when we when we extensively refurbished the Bovell Street ramp yes in 2008, and there was an additional divider for traffic going off into the city centre that came back almost as round as far as the M77. It flowed better than yeah, ever. the queue almost disappeared. And people asked, people requested that they were kept. Did they keep it? Yeah. yeah. So no, it wouldn't work. Can I just ask, when did that divider go in? 1994-ish. Uh, it was put in as part of the Kingston Bridge restrictions yeah. uh, when it was falling down, basically. There's a, there's a bit of a, Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if it's, it's a bit of a myth about this, where they wanted to keep heavier vehicles off the left-hand you no, know, the part of it. No, I think that was I, that, one of these myths that we yeah, really like to hear about the Kingston Bridge. For all the engineers that I've ever spoken to who yeah. are involved in that, uh, yeah. project that was solely for weaving reasons um, and, and for nothing else it, wasn't uh, it was to control traffic and things yeah. Uh, yeah I don't think it was anything to do with that I, I would be happy to be corrected in that but it's not something anybody's ever mentioned to me yeah Kingston's uh, Kingston's a, an interesting one something yeah. actually one, one day with another podcast we should maybe focus on some of these features and ah. larger structures yeah. you know maybe maybe sort of try and get some background information on these things yeah uh, look we haven't had a lot of questions uh, but that's ones I've got on paper now you've got a you've got one about a bridge Stuart. oh and this is an M74 <laughs> it's an M74 question. one yep. I, I, I'll I, never be free from I, it an engineer an, an ageing civil engineer that we know um, by mm. the name of Ian Franklin yes um, who's a veteran of, of bridge Engineering in, in the west of Scotland. Everything bridge. Everything yes. bridge. Yeah. Um, asked about Powburn Toll Bridge on the M74. Now this right. is the bridge that takes the B seven o seven o seven one seven eight. I don't have Google, so the, I the, can't correct the you. The old A seventy four basically from yeah. Uddingston across the motorway towards. Mount Vernon and Calder Park. So this is the one that's just prior to Junction 4. Yes. It's the one that's blue. It's blue, it's steel, and it sits at a skew. Yes. Now Ian's question was, why was it built in that style and not in the typical traditional, (coughs) excuse me, uh, concrete (laughs) style that its neighbours and the like were built? Yeah. Now, I have tried and tried and tried to find the answer to this, and I cannot find a definitive answer. Mm. However, I am going to speculate. Right. Okay. The bridge sits on quite a skew. Mm-hmm. None of those concrete bridges around it are on a skew. Yes. It may have been something to do with that. And Ian, as an engineer, structural engineer, will know way more about that than me. Yeah. I wonder if the skew of the road and the height that the road sits above the carriageway and various things like that had an impact. Yeah. The other thing here is the services that that bridge That's carries. That's right, yeah, it does carry, carry as got, most bridges do. It has two yeah. major water mains, it has a gas main, it has a look, I have insider information. I will not give away too I, much. I was just, it has a multitude of services and utilities yeah. for it. But by the way, most bridges have these things. Yes, I mean, we know Erskine has a massive water main. Gas as well. Gas, so, yeah. I mean, it's, it's quite common knowledge yeah. these things so, yeah. so it could be that because of the services and things that needed to go through there that they, they decided it was best to enclose these in some fashion I, I'm tempted to think that it may be because of the skew of the road coming through there mm. those concrete columns and things yeah we do have them 
I was going to say they are particularly high in places, but then at Maryville over the seven two one, they are quite high. So yeah. Ian, I can't give you a definitive answer. Uh, oh well. it's going to it's going to take a bit more research. I'm Perhaps in some of the reports and the material that we have, we, we would have to go and look through these things again to find out why power bentles like the way it is. Yeah. Now we had a question on Facebook from mm-hmm. Duncan McKnight. Oh yes, Duncan's asked us a few. Yeah. Yep. Now Duncan's question relates to. The uh, no, I can't just quite remember off the this top of This isn't the hard strips one, is it? To do with the the hard somebody asked us about hard shoulders and hard strips and so on. And it wasn't Glasgow um, related, but it was one of these ones we we really had to speculate no, on. No, not this time. What um, uh, what Duncan was I asking will us about? Just have a quick look. Just talk amongst yourselves, and this I will bring it up because it is a good question, and I just want to know exactly mm-hmm. again what it was. Right here we go, Duncan. Here McKnight. we go. Duncan McKnight asks (laughs) We know that many early motorways and dual carriageways did not have crash barriers in the central reserve when were they first installed in Glasgow and were some pre-installed during construction yes it's a mix of both the the inner ring road was built with barriers in the central reserve from day one Mm mhm the Monkland Motorway had barriers in the central reserve from, from day one, as did the Renfrew Motorway. The Renfrew Bypass did not, and yeah. the M74 Hamilton Bypass did not. So there's more these rural ones. The rural didn't. ones didn't. Yeah. Now, we have records that say that from 1971, yeah. central reserve barriers were going to be installed in the rural stretches of the M74. Yeah. I, I, sorry, the M8. Sorry, the M8. So the stretch from Newbridge to Newhouse. Yeah, that had central reserve barriers and stuff from 1971. Yeah, because we actually we came across a photo recently yes. uh, looking towards uh, was it Heart Hill Services? You concur that's where that was. Yeah, there was no 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 central reserve barrier at all. That's right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, earlier motors, when, motorways when they first opened, when the first sections of the you know the Preston Bypass opened or the M1 opened in the 50s, they didn't have any central you know uh, central reservation crash barriers or anything like that. People could quite literally U-turn in the middle of the road. Uh, the term hard shoulder, as we've answered before, I think, on this, because hard because originally hard shoulders weren't hard. They were soft. That's right, yeah. They, they, you know, they were, they were grass. Yeah. Now, a routine, a random fact for you, barriers, mm-hmm. central reserve barriers in the M73 mm-hmm. weren't actually installed until 1987. Which is quite, wow, that is quite late on. You know, so that's yeah, quite yeah. late on. That's um, fine. The, the southern extensions, the M74, had it from day one. Uh, the E725 East Cobrade Expressway had it from day one. Mm-hmm. The Bells Hill Bypass, we know, didn't and didn't actually get them until 1995, 96. Yeah. Uh, so it, it varies depending they, on the route. They seem to, I mean, there's, you, you've probably no doubt noticed in a lot of areas they're working on barriers, particularly in Glasgow at the moment, replacing these. Mm-hmm. So these things do have a lifespan. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. there's many different types and all the things they can do. Yep. It's, a, it's a mad, crazy science if you really want to delve into oh, the yeah. world of vehicle there's, restraint systems. There's money to be made in that business, that's Absolutely. for sure. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I think that answers that, that, that yeah. pretty well. Most, can I just talk one more thing about barriers? Yes. Most motorways now, including the M74 completion and the new sections of the M8 that we have at Coatbridge, mm-hmm. uh, have concrete central reserve. Um, Slip form barrier. Yeah, or concrete step barrier or jersey. Yes. It depends where you are, what it's called, um, F-type barrier. Mm-hmm. Extruder curb. Yeah, yep. it's a lot of these are just brand names, but mm-hmm. this is what they uh, this is what they're going for is concrete. Well, they're, is, they're, they're low maintenance. They provide mm-hmm. reasonable containment, and if mm-hmm. they get hit, you just you suffer. Off. The barrier doesn't. The barrier doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that's that's just it. But they're so, good for keeping yeah. trucks and buses and things on that's that side right. of the That's right. You get less instance of a crossover. Yes. happens on them. Yes, so, we don't want that. We don't, don't want. want that. No, 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 yeah. no. Um, before we go. 
I yes. think we should talk about some recent acquisitions. Yeah, the Holfords. We recently acquired over a thousand photographic slides, 35mm slides, yep. which had been held by William Holford, mm-hmm. uh, the company who were the consulting architect mm-hmm. on all Glasgow motorway schemes from 1960 to the end of Strathclyde region. Yeah. And they have been acquired by several other companies over the years and they're now known as uh, um, something else. I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of the off the top of my I, head. I'm sorry, I, can, I just been, left you hanging there, Stuart. I can yeah, help you. there's been so many changes. <laughs> but but recently, um, <laughs> recently, um, Martin Robinson from there got in touch with us to, to offer those slides to us, to yeah, the archives, to, to save for future. Um, and we have, and we were delighted to accept them. And we, we really do extend our, our real thanks to them for those because we really have come across some wonderful wonderful images and we look forward to sharing them with you soon there's some roads in there that we like Monkland Motorway as it was brand new and things like that yeah. the, the images will keep us going for years on social media and in, in, in various other things and we do well, we hope look, to bring some to the site as soon as possible we're looking forward to sharing them with yeah. you because some of them are brilliant yeah. you know some really good images of the Kilmarnock Expressway as was proposed in the Glasgow Transportation Study mm-hmm. um, it has a two way tunnel underneath Shawlands uh, Arcade <laughs> we've got some wonderful visualisations oh. of what that would have looked like uh, yeah Do you know, I seen? haven't even seen that yet yeah I they, haven't they even they seen are that seen. and I have a visualisation of what Canisburn Toll would have looked like at the top of Maryhill Road oh, wow, had yeah. the Maryhill and Lowman Motorways been constructed some really really good stuff they have filled yeah. a good gap and oh the last one I have to mention a visualisation of Annie's Lund Cross mm. with the underpass again heard it here first yeah. that's fantastic so, yeah, there's some yeah. really really good ones coming this is the time by the way when we love doing the archive we always love doing the archive but it's so exciting for us when we get all this yeah. new material and it's like yeah. wow you know and there will be hopefully there will be some changes you will have seen that the website address has changed to glasgows-motorways.org.uk that reflects the direction that we are moving in towards becoming a formal organisation or or, um, association of some kind there will hopefully be some movement on that in the coming months um, as we seek to legitimise our being yeah absolutely and, uh, we'll, we'll, whatever happens we will try and keep the podcast going yes. as long as you guys absolutely. listen to them and the enjoy podcast them. is here to stay I would say um, <laughs> and we are still working behind the scenes on some pages it's always quiet through the summer because you'll appreciate that when the weather's nice and people have holidays and things the yeah, last we, thing you want to do is sit down at night and write two or three thousand words on something yeah, we are much tough. more productive through the winter on that kind of thing so there will be some new stuff coming I promise you that west flank page for the inner ring road is in progress I have yeah. been working on it recently we just want it done right yeah I mean, it's actually it's funny because we we're very close to releasing this and it just was it wasn't quite there it wasn't so quite there. back to the drawing board yeah um, and the Erskine Bridge page has been extensively refreshed as well so that yeah. might be worth checking out for anybody who's interested so yeah there, 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 there's lots coming so bear with us okay. and, we, and hopefully it won't be so long until the next podcast I think we might try and put them out monthly or at least every six weeks through the, yeah. the autumn and winter yeah keep interacting yeah. with us in the meantime in between or what you'd like to hear we'd like to talk about I haven't decided what road we will cover or what topic we will cover in our next one no and please keep the questions coming and we do appreciate hearing from you and I really we really are grateful for some of the recent um, interactions we've had on Facebook and Twitter we've had some really really good posts recently with images and stuff Uh, and the the impressions on them it's been 30-40 thousand people seeing some of them Uh, that's amazing we're really we're really happy about that that's it I mean the very last thing we should maybe say um, I noticed we're getting on a wee bit for time here but uh, we, we went to this fantastic talk by the new Glasgow Society we did we did and thank you to them for the invitation to that yeah. 
uh, Soviet mapping of Glasgow yes. uh, from the Cold War. It's part of the, the Doors Open Day mm-hmm. um, thing that you get every year. It was very enjoyable. And yeah. thanks to Lex. Lex done a great talk yeah, for there. That. Um, and, and thank you to him for the invite. We really they're appreciate it. They're worth it. checking out, aren't yeah, they? they? They've are. got a presence on social media. Yeah, and we so. do have a few other talks coming up as well, but yeah. unfortunately for individual groups and societies, not, not generally to the public. We may try and involve ourselves in the Doors Open Day thing at some point down yeah, the line. Yeah, we'll do. We'll uh, see. I'm sure people will be interested, but we'll keep you up to date on that. I think that's all in our little world now. Mm-hmm, so that's it. Yep. Well, thank you very much for listening to this podcast. As Stuart says, we'll hopefully get one together in the coming weeks. So thank you. Yep. Thanks, guys. Bye for now. Bye. <laughs>